Um, evening, everyone. Um, I'll extend my welcome. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm the youth minister here. I have the joy and privilege of leading our 11 to 18-year-olds. They're great, and I think they're quite nice. Um, hello. It's a bit weird. This side's fuller than that side. I don't know what's happened this side, but I've just stood up here, and I've gone, oh, there's way more people here. Don't take it personally. Um, Hello, I have the joy um, of continuing on our series of uh, spiritual habits, and um, this week we're going to be talking about silence. So you're thinking of how I actually prepared something. We're going to sit here for the next five minutes and then... No. (laughs) Um, To be honest, it's a little bit of an oxymoron, isn't it? Um, If you're not sure what an oxymoron is, um, Eden calls me a moron regularly uh, in our staff office. And uh, an oxymoron um, is a figure of speech which has contradictory terms that appear in a conjunction. So like, less is more. Um, So it seems weird that I'm going to be talking on silence. Do you see my point? It's a bit of a strange thing to be like, I'm going to tell you how to do silence. And hopefully as you came in, and it was obviously different, and so thank you all for partaking if it um, was something a little bit different or strange to you. I hope that it was thought-provoking. And later on, we will be entering into more silence because we think that it is really quite important. On top of that this week, my wife will tell you that I'm slowly losing my voice. So I don't know if the Lord is definitely trying to press into something with me this week and be like, just shut up, Rob. And I'll be like, okay. I've got that. So I want to start by saying that I recognise that solitude and silence is somewhat a bit of an impossible task. Every kind of bit of research um, that I've done, or I completely ripped off the NUMA video for some of you that, um, from 2003 in the beginning, and it uses terms like pages and the back of DVD players and the back of cars and very specific things that now kind of seem laughable. They're like, ha, do you remember those times? Do you remember cassettes? I do. Um, I'm old enough to know why a pencil and a cassette go together. Anyway, but um, now that we are fully connected, and it seems quite challenging to be like, right, so we're just going to do silence and solitude and deal with it, but how do we navigate that in a world where we are permanently connected? That's kind of like, Rob... I hear you, I want to bring silence into my life, but do you know how busy I am? Like, I have a family, I have loads of stuff going on because of the pandemic, I'm constantly working from home, it's constant interruptions, a barrage of challenges day in and day out. Do you just want me to have silence? It's just not going to happen. But this week, I really want us to press into challenge that Jesus models this time and time again, which we'll come on to in a moment. And I'm going to give a little practical tips of how I can do like feedback. But I encourage you to take some time to dwell in silence this week and in solitude. Because even though that it's very difficult, I think we know the times that we really value it. Yeah, it's like, I just want five minutes of peace. I'm sure many parents in this room can agree with that one. I just want five minutes of peace. Just lock the toilet door. No one's going to bother me. Or if you're like me, it's like, I'm going to sit in the car for five extra minutes and just embrace this moment. Does anyone else do that? Or just me? But like just five extra minutes and you really value that time because that's all you can kind of squeeze in. So I recognise that in this day and age, it seems what an impossible task. 
So I'm going to start by giving, I was thinking about it this week and praying, like, what kind of practical tips can I give you to think about how can I, you can build silence and solitude into your coming weeks? Um, just to pick up on a point um, with what this series is about, is that each week we're going to pick up on one of these spiritual habits. You don't have to do all of them. That isn't the point. And as we approach Lent um, in the week after next, that maybe for the next 40 days, you want to give one a real go. You're like, I really want to push into silence. Um, I really want to talk about, um, uh, I forgot what we did last week. I was going to say self-control, but it's not self-control. Um, submission. Um, so thinking ahead of time that, you know, we'll pop up the, the slide at the end, but to think about, is there one in particular that you're like, I want to give that a go, and we'll be covering it over the next eight weeks. And so we really want you guys to be involved. So practical advice. I was going through these. One, build it into your day. Again, you're like, Rob, you're such an idealist, I know. But when I meet with people, and this is true, uh, I put in time before and after, knowing that I'm likely to be interrupted on the way out, so I'm not late for a person, especially when meeting with teenagers. I love them dearly. I don't want to feel like I've let them down. And that's something that I do as part of my day, and you're like, that's a luxury, but it's really transformed how I approach meeting people. Because it means that I pray for them before I turn up and pray for, I have time afterwards to pray for them afterwards. I think it's so important. So rather than the next meeting to the next meeting to the next meeting, putting in a little bit of time, it's like, I'll pray for you. And practically, for all the times that I am running late and I am human, that I'm not going to let someone down. So building in time where possible, whether it's five minutes in the car, whether it's you're picking someone up or like, I've just got this time to build in some silence and some solitude. Secondly, um, before big um, commitments, being able to take a step back and be like, I'm committing to this, but why? When uh, my wife and I were fortunate enough uh, to buy our home, um, it was actually the week of lockdown. And what it meant was, is that rather than two months of my laws, it turned into seven. So we had five months of extra time to really contemplate what we had done. We had 100 days of no communication with anyone. So we thought the whole thing was gone. But actually, it really made us talk and take a step back and be like, do we really value this? Why are we choosing to do this? Because we didn't get a choice. And it really made us weigh up why. And before any big commitment, spending some time away, praying and discerning, is this the right thing? And it was. It felt like everything was falling apart at that one time. But actually, we can go to the next thing and celebrate. But taking a moment to step back before a big decision, before something that good or bad, that we retreat and we say, Lord, what do you want to say to us about this scenario? And I think we all have them in our day-to-day. Thirdly, um, find a place of retreat. Now, this could be if you have a home or a beach hut or something really cool, but actually find a place where you know that you dwell with God. That could be uh, like if you've been to New Wine. For some people, it's like um, the Bath and West Showground. You wouldn't think that's a very holy place, but it's incredibly holy. But Find a place where you can retreat and dwell with God. It could be a place in your home. It could be on a walk that you're going on. It could be somewhere that has significance to you. That you're like, yes, I meet with God here in the most unlikely places. But find that place for you. It could be the first time that you encounter Jesus. Or it could be a special place um, for you or your spouse. Um, Fourthly, um, Support one another to allow people um, 
to gain time. If you are in a fortunate place where you have a bit more free time and you know someone is struggling and you know someone um, is um, in need of a bit of R&R, maybe you are an employer, say, hey, take an afternoon off. If you're a grandparent, step in and with some childcare. If you're a young person, offer to babysit for someone or step into these roles that you can do to let people have time and support someone. I can, I'm sure people will tell you it is a real blessing. And you can be a real blessing to someone to step in and say, hey, I can bless you with this. And finally, talk less. Moving on. No, but, but seriously, talk less. Listen to people. Take time. And this isn't just a nice extra, like silence and solitude. It isn't just like a wishful thinking, Rob, good effort, nice one, we'll give it a go. But it's something Jesus really manifested in his time on earth. Um, so, um, oh, I was going to say, I completely missed that point that I said earlier. When we think of silence and solitude, I think that it can be quite a negative thing. When I think of silence, I think it's more like a discipline, be quiet, say nothing, move on. And secondly, solitude, more like prisons. But actually, it's not that at all. And it can be seen like a negative one, but it is releasing, as we'll find out. It says this, solitude is a state of mind and a heart that, in its, that it has a place. There is a solitude of the heart that can be maintained at all times. Crowds or lack of them have little to do with inward attentiveness. So, my slide. So, in Luke chapter 12, we read this. Before he chose the 12, he spent an entire night, a night alone in the desert. In Matthew 14, 13, we read, When he received the news of John the Baptist's death, he withdrew there in a boat on a lonely place apart. After the miracle of feeding the 5,000, Jesus went up on the hillside by himself. He was exhausted. He needed rest. Following a long night of work in the morning, a great while before day rose, he went out to a lonely place, Mark 1.35. If you've ever wanted a passage to be like, spend your time in morning devotions, here's one. Jesus, at the start of Mark, there isn't a nativity story, but it's his ministry. And before he starts his ministry, he dwells um, in solitude. When the twelve return from preaching and healing mission, Jesus instructs them, come away and buy yourself to a lonely place, Mark 6. Jesus tells his disciples to go off and to um, by themselves. Following the healing of the lepers, Jesus withdrew to the wilderness and prayed, Luke 5, 16. Um, with the three disciples, he sought out silence of a lonely mountain as a stage of transfiguration, Matthew 17. As he prepared for the most highly and holy work, Jesus sought the solitude of the Garden of Gethsemane. These passages highlight how significant seeking out solitary places was a regular practice of Jesus. This isn't just like wishful thinking, Rob, it's really nice. But Jesus calls us every day to be with him. To rest in his presence, to listen back to him. Earlier in the clip that we saw, um, it was from 1 Kings um, 19. And it's from Elijah. Pull that open. So we read from 1 Kings 19, verse 9. At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. And the word of God came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For Israel has forsaken your covenant, 
thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I am left alone and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, go and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord is about to pass you by. Now a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire was the sound of sheer silence. I think when I often think about meeting with God, I think of big moments or big extravagant times or when the Holy Spirit's really moved me, but not often in the silence, listening and waiting on God. And as I reflected that on my own life, I want to share a story from my own father. I um, grew up with my paternal grandparents, and when I was nine, I went to go live with my dad. And um, it's quite a challenging time, but those early years, the things that I remember were, because I had to go with my dad, he was a single parent, he was working, and I had to follow in all the things that he did. And often if I wanted just to spend time, I'd just sit in his office. We weren't like doing football games and all that kind of stuff. And if he was at work, we, I remember going on a long trip to Exeter once down the N5 and our Citroen Zara. Great. Very specific memory, I know. But I'm just spending time with my dad. I don't have many memories, but they're positive ones. That I just knew that I was with my dad. I dwelled with him. It wasn't anything fascinating, fabulous, or anything like that. But they're the memories that I treasure and I hold. And the Lord invites us all tonight just to be. And I know silence can be a really scary thing. But the Lord invites us just to sit, to dwell, and to be. John Cage, uh, a composer, famous composer from the 1950s, wrote a famous piece of music called 433. It's probably the only piece of music I can play the whole way through um, because it's sheer silence. And in that piece, he writes that Cage was fascinated by the natural sounds that would surround us every day and the fact there's no such thing as absolute silence. And that was written in 1952. So in 2022, I know it's probably more of a challenge. But what I'd like us to do, and I invite us all, is just to be with the Lord. For four minutes and 33 seconds, to be, to sit with the Lord. And I know it can be intimidating and I know it can bring up memories and fears and all this other stuff that, you know, when we lie ahead on the pillows at night and it's just us and the Lord. And so we are aware of that. And this is how we're gonna close this evening is that we're gonna spend four minutes and 33 seconds in silence. And afterwards, if the Lord has prompted you the prayer ministry team will um, be available um, and we will just kind of end because I realised that if you've ever been prayed for there's kind of like a weird end you're like what do we do? I'm not sure. But we will just end. So I invite you this week as you leave to open your calendars say where can I fit in some time? Where can I let the Lord speak to me this week? And how can I invite silence into my life? 
where can I give the opportunity to be solid, to give solitude to the Lord? So Heavenly Father, we dwell in your presence now. <laughs>